Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We are sitting here with some of our favorite people in the world. This is Roger and Jan Smith of Louisiana. They are longtime homeschool leaders, both at the state and the national level. And they are speakers on parenting, marriage, and family issues, just like we are. And uh, wanted to talk with them about some of their experience and uh, also introduce um, Roger's new book, uh, which is Parenting with Influence. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But welcome. We're glad to have you. Glad to be with you again. Well, it's our, it's our distinct pleasure to, to be with you and to uh, join you on this. We've long respected your ministry. Well, thank you. We, one of the things I love about the Smiths is that they are very practical. And that's something that's big to us is let's just not talk pie in the sky, but let's give parents practical ways to take the word of God and show it, live it out in their families. And that's something I really love about y'all. You know, what do you think, what would you say the theme of your book is, Roger? Well, the, the reason that I, I began writing the book is because I saw the struggles that that parents were having over struggling with controlling their kids. Yes. And uh, saw that many people were going about it uh, in ways that were really destructive. And so uh, the subtitle of the book is really the theme, and it's the shift, shifting your parenting style as you and your child grows. And so the children need different things at different stages. We are growing, they're growing, and we have to make all those adjustments uh, considering those those factors. So that's the theme is really is that we as parents have to shift and adjust. We really do. You know, and we know that instinctively. Instinctively we know you can't parent a seven year old like you do a seventeen year old or vice versa. Right. But we fail to make that shift when it comes down to it because we're not real clear when you make that shift. Right. Actually Melanie, we feel like that our society almost got it backwards. Yes. That they let little children go wild and do things that they laugh and say is cute when that's a time when you should be training them and that they should better be able to be under your control. Mm -hmm. And yet as children get older and go into those teen years, they try to clamp down and start to control them, whereas we believe it's the opposite, yes. that, right. that you should train and teach them when they're young, and then as they get older, you hope that they gain more and more self-control. Yes. And mm -hmm. that the shift comes from control to influence. Well, and that's that's so true because when they leave our homes, they're going to need to be controlling themselves, hopefully with the help of the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's right. the, the foundation that we're laying for them is to say, one of these days, mom and dad are not going to be there to give you directions. We're not going to be there to to uh, to put our hands on you and say, walk this way, don't walk that way. But rather, you hopefully have the discernment and the wisdom at that point to make wise decisions for yourself. And that doesn't happen by magic when they get no. to be 18, does it? No, it's not flipping a switch and suddenly they're an adult. You know, <laughs> and it is uh, in stages. And, you know, the, the, my, the definition of parenting that we use in the book and, and really... And all the things that we consider is parenting is the process of eliminating your child's need for you. Yes. And so yep. little by little, we've got to be training them, equipping them to not need us. And um, therefore, that means that we've got to give them some control because they can't learn to manage control unless they have some. Well, and, and that is, that's something that we realize with ours. I mean, we have, we have eight children. You have four that 
have all grown to adulthood and they're yeah. doing their thing now, got their own families. And that's, you know, we've, we saw that too, that it required us to have the long-term view, you know, not just how do I get through this stage? How do I get them to graduation? But rather, what am I preparing them to become? What do I want them to be when they reach some indeterminate age of adulthood and independence? And so that starts from, that starts from the very beginning. Yeah. And, and you know, whenever I, I ask people, what are they aiming for? Mm-hmm. Just like what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people never describe a job. Whenever I say, when your child has grown, what do you, what do you desire for them? Mm-hmm. They always use character qualities. Yes. And so we should mm-hmm. be thinking about that whenever they're young. Can, how, what are we doing that's actually instilling and training those types of character qualities consideration, kindness, cheerfulness, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the character qualities that we're aiming for, we should be thinking about those in every stage. And so, well, well, I was just thinking, one of the things that impressed me about your, your story is the opportunities that you gave your kids at different times as they were growing up. And, you know, everybody's opportunities look different. I know uh, Ben Sassy in his book was talking about how he sent his teenage daughter off to work on a ranch for, for a year or something, yeah. you know, it's, well, okay, we can't all do that. Right. You know, but we have opportunities that are within our purview and you did a number of different things with your kids were young teens and older teens. And even before that, yeah. you kind of give us a, an overview of some of those. <laughs> well, we, we had a crazy, crazy life uh, with the kids, but it was, it was fun filled. And so, uh, it's, it started as well, really when our oldest one, he was very com- competitive in a mm-hmm. sense. And that whenever he was, um, in Cub Scouts, the first, first year, you know, they had popcorn sales. That was mm-hmm. the big fundraiser in Cub Scouts. Well, he was determined that he was going to win, you know, the prize for the top sales. Mm-hmm. And so we did help him learn how to sell the popcorn we weren't yeah. going to do it for him mm-hmm. right. now, what i see a lot of parents do is they'll take the sheet go to work and, mm-hmm. and make everybody feel guilty that's right <laughs> but i said okay. no if you're going to do popcorn sales you're going to sell popcorn yes. and so so we came up with a strategy and so mm-hmm. it, it started with things like that uh, that we didn't necessarily plan like oh we're going to train you to be a salesman and uh but it was something that he had a natural inclination for Uh and so each child had its own giftings and interests and so um we use those things to look for opportunities for them to grow and Mm -hmm. and so what were some of the other things jan we did do several entrepreneurial type things with the kids Mm -hmm. and that we did sort of as a family and yet required them to Mm -hmm. participate in a tangible way like one of the things we did we partnered with the um the 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 coach at the mm-hmm. junior high when she wanted to buy some new uniforms and we made rice crispy treats uh-huh. and so they were all 10 and under the children the, the children our, our children, our children were. were 10 and under but two nights a week we did this you know factory assembly line making <laughs> rice crispy treats and they all participated and you know and they bought a trampoline with that money that they made during that four or five weeks that we did that and so it was also that very thing was kind of training on a mindset that every you know there didn't have to be a winner and a loser we won we made a profit the kids made a profit in it the coach got the money for the uniforms and you know the people that bought the snacks they liked them too so uh so uh it was 
you know, there were a lot of layers to the benefits of little projects like that. And then they got to be bigger and bigger as the children got bigger yes. and bigger yeah. and more capable of doing things. And so yeah. eventually they were running businesses and different things. And so, um, and it, every, every situation offers an opportunity for training. And uh, we as the parents, we really need to be thinking, where do we need our child to grow? And how can we use this thing they're interested in to develop those strengths? Absolutely. Why don't we take a minute and hear from our sponsor, CTC Math. See you in a minute. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning, favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment, even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about, we were laughing about this before dinner that people come to us at conferences and they say, tell me how to get my 17-year-old <laughs> under control. Right. But the time for control is past. Yeah. That child can <laughs> walk out of your home and never come back in a few yeah. months. Yeah. Now's the time for influence. Right. And, you know, so talk, talk about yeah. that. Man. What, do you, what do you say to parents <clears throat> who maybe they didn't build into their right. younger kids like they should have, and now yes. they've got teens yes. that they, they don't know how to... What to do at this point? Well, you know, uh, the way to influence is uh, a strong relationship. And relationship is built on conversations. You were singing our song there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, there, quite often it's hard to start the conversation with a teen if you've not really built those bridges early. But it's possible. In fact, you know, one of the things I think is worth the money of the book is in the appendix. I have a conversation suggested questions to stimulate open conversation between you and your child at every age, oh, you know, idea. and so some of, some of them are teen related. So if someone's mm -hmm. kind of in a stalemate with a teen, mm -hmm. the, the only way to get through that, it, well, I will say a good way to get through that. Yeah. <laughs> there's not, there's no, never the right. only way. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, conversation. You got to, you got to have communication. And so it begins with, asking good questions that don't feel like that there's a right or wrong answer. You're not laying a trap for your child. Mm -hmm. You are building a bridge with your child through conversation. And, and so, then listening. Yeah, That's exactly. something I find a lot of parents miss 
is if you're not listening to the little stuff, the stupid stuff, they're never going to share the important stuff with you. Haven't you found that to be true? Even overreacting to what they say. If we have a strong reaction, instead of tell me more about what you were thinking Mm -hmm. or how did that develop, some of those types of things where if we go, you're kidding, I can't believe you did that. What were you thinking? You know, it just... Then, then they they're going to shut down. not to say anything else. They're not right. going to come back and talk to us. Then we can stop and say, I'm sorry. It's amazing how just being willing to say, I'm sorry, I overreacted. To say I was wrong. Right. Is mm-hmm. so important to our kids when we do blow it, because we're going to blow it, we're sinners. To say I was wrong oh, has opened so many doors with my kids. And when they're mm-hmm. angry and I suddenly realize, oh my, my, I've blown it. And I say, you know what? I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And they're like, Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, they already they, they already know, know you're wrong. <laughs> that's right. They just, that's they, right. I mean, in their opinion, they, they, they just, they just <laughs> need to know that you knew you were wrong. Exactly. They don't think you're going to admit it. But now, isn't that, isn't that true? Don't we find that in our adult lives, that there are people that will blow it in some way, and you know it, and they know it, but they would never, ever admit to it. And it may be people very dear to us. They may be people that we respect in other areas, but... But that ability to say, you know, that I was out of line. I, you know, I was mistaken. I overreacted or I, I, I acted on incomplete information right. and, um, and asking for their, for their forgiveness. I mean, that is, that is a very powerful thing. And what a powerful example to our kids. I want our kids to be better at that than I am. Yeah. You know, and that's, they're going to learn it from, from us. Well, if we don't admit we're wrong, there's no path to reconciliation and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with saying, I blew it, will you forgive me? And if you never say that, there's no way to really reconcile. Children really want a relationship with yes. their parents. They mm-hmm. want a Desperately. positive, healthy relationship. But they're, they're amazingly resilient and willing to forgive. So if a parent feels like that they, they've not built that relationship, maybe they've blown it without asking and admitting fault, that they've been too controlling and they feel their child pulling away from them, it's never too late to start and say, I'm, I've been wrong. I've approached this wrong. I've been, I love you so much and I am afraid I've been trying to control you. But can we talk? I care about what's going on in your life mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to, I want to do differently. It's never too late to have that conversation. No, and you right. said one thing is very, very important, and it's the word listening. And yeah. so we can we can communicate these kinds of values, but at some point we've got to stop and really listen to what they're saying. Yes. And um, and so that's that's the the focus of that section in the book on questioning uh, or questions to help you open those kinds of conversations, but. It's not going to work if you don't stop talking. That's right. <laughs> Boy, that is so true. And, and that's hard, though, because lots of times if you're angry with a teenager, you feel like they're they're heading the wrong direction and, and, and they're going wrong. It's hard to have the respect for them yeah. that you have to have that makes you listen, and they know that you don't respect them. But when you give them the respect and love to be quiet and listen to what they have to say, you're investing in the relationship, and that makes them so much more willing to hear what you've got to say. They already know what we believe. Oh, yes. Because if they're a teenager and they've been living in our home, they mm-hmm. already know what we believe. Mm-hmm. We need to get to know what they believe. Yes. And ask questions to help them have more of a complete picture. 
or even if it's about an activity that they're discussing, wanting to go and do. I know that y'all did this, and I really respect that, that y'all would find out more information. You would, instead of giving them a mandate and a rule to follow, that you would then help shape their thinking to help them come to a wiser choice Mm -hmm. because that's that's the goal, is to help shape their thinking. Well, that's what we found, especially as they are on the verge of independence. You know, I think adulthood, I think, actually happens sooner than we like to admit, but they're not ready for independence until a certain point. And what I would like to see as they go forward is them asking for our opinion, asking for our counsel, but that what they want from us is the recognition that they are standing on their own feet and they have to make their own decisions and live with their consequences of it. And, and that's one of the things that I've appreciated is our guys have moved into adulthood. And I only say that because our, our two daughters are still at home and they're not at that stage yet. But, but, to say, I, but I've, but I've to seen say, them perform like adults. So they, they, yeah, that, they may still be under your roof. Their early adulthood is definitely there. <laughs> oh, they yeah. definitely. But, yeah, you know, that, that, our 14-year-old mm-hmm. ran the booth at one of the largest homeschool conferences in, in the country with adults under her authority. Yes. She did a fantastic she, job. Yes, she supervised adults and, <laughs> and did a great job. But, you know, but I think that was important in the relationship we have with our adult kids now that we've, we have throttled back entirely on the directive side and to say, here is what I see. Here is what I think I would consider if I were you. But you've got to make the decision. You're an adult. It's your, it's your, your, cho- it's your choice. And, and that kind of frees them up. To follow but our they advice, can then ask your advice. Yes. Well, and it frees them up where they can dictate. choose that they can choose to follow it because we didn't make them do it. That's they right. had the free choice, and hey, that sounds like a wise choice. And you know what? We found that our adult kids seem to follow our our wishes, if you will, a whole lot better than the adults that we know who have tried to control their kids. Yes. That's much right. longer because they're trying to struggle to trying assert to their, independence. their independence. Exactly. Yes. I've always been amazed how when our children are young, we are very happy to give them independence when they gain that, like to be able to dress themselves, to put yes. on their own shoes. We are right. happy for them Yay, to do they those can things. walk without holding my hand. That's right. That's right. right. And yet the older they get, the harder it seems to be for us to relinquish the places of independence, like driving to the store. Mm-hmm. Or doing some things that they are capable of in that junior high age. I know it was hard for us when mm-hmm. our son first wanted to mow the yard. Yeah. You know, that he actually wanted to mow the neighbor's yard for pay. And we said, you have to prove first you can mow our yard. Mm-hmm. And he did that much younger than we ever would have suggested. But he wanted the independence of being able to mow the neighbor's yard. And so allowing them to do things that they are capable of. You let yours cook long before others think Mm -hmm. that's possible. And Mm -hmm. your children were cooking full meals at 13. Oh, they Mm -hmm. were cooking full meals at nine. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear parents over and over say, you know, it gets harder and it gets scarier because the stakes are higher. And I'm thinking the stakes are, they're high, but the stakes have not, you know, helping your child manage control, you mm-hmm. doing all the controlling, the stakes of that are extremely high. Mm-hmm. Because, so, I want that responsibility. I'm not the Holy Spirit. So it, it, it's imperative mm-hmm. that we learn how to shift our parenting because 
they need different things from us when they're little and mm-hmm. when they're in the middles and then when they're older. So we've got to adjust. And uh, that's what the essence of what we try to train people is making that shift. I, I refer to it as the parental shift. Well, well and, and you know what? You are, I, I know from, from our, our knowledge of you and your family history that what you're talking about in this book is what you and Jan have lived out with your I, kids. Yes. And you have seen the fruit of it. And you have experienced yeah. the the learning process for yourselves right. and the transition for yourselves. And and this is not this is not just theory. This is not somebody saying, "Here's my checklist," but rather to say, "This is what we lived out, and it worked for us, and we want to share what we've experienced." Would you tell us how to get your book? The the best way is actually at my website, which is rogersmithmd.com. But it's available at wherever books are sold. You know, all all those online places, but. Uh, rogersmithmd.com is a place that comes directly from us, and we, we, we usually throw in a little freebie with that. And tell us how, you can, how they can listen to your podcast. Yeah, the, the name of the podcast is called Parenting Matters Now. Parenting does matter, and it matters right now. Yeah. So Parenting Matters Now, it's easy to remember, and you can find it wherever podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And the podcast is, is not a, a lengthy commitment. It's four minutes a day, and a uh, lot three, of, three times a week. And a lot of wisdom in four minutes, right? Four minutes, yeah. Now, where can they find you on social media? Uh, well, I have a Facebook page that is, uh, you know, Parenting Matters Now. Okay. So, so if you, And so we've been talking with Roger and Jan Smith, dear friends of ours, and talking about Roger's new book, Parenting with Influence, Shifting Your Parenting Style as You and Your Child Grow by Roger Smith, MD. Y'all, you need to get a copy of this book. It's really good. Thank you so much for joining us, Roger and Jan. You know what? I think we should have you back and talk about marriage. Let's talk about marriage on the next one. In the book, he references several times some of your books that have impacted us. Well, I feel honored. I am. I am too. Well, till next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we appreciate you joining us as we try to take biblical principles into the 21st century family. So please join us again next time. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.